Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we've been in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, uh, we um, uh, we got the the podcast meeting the podcast. We're going to be uh, I'm going to be chatting with Jeremy and Chris from the Re We Run the Desert podcast. You know how long it was so hard. It was so difficult for me to say that we run the desert. I always want to say rerun, rerun the desert. And I don't know if you ran it once, you probably don't need to rerun it. But um, so this was set up by a uh, really cool listener, uh, Jamie, who runs with Rochester Running Company. And she decided that she wanted to bring these two coasts together because she uh, loves We Run the Desert. Um, they're a year into their podcast. And she's been listening to Running Inside Out for a year. So um, she said, hey, you two talk to each other. Go. And so now we did. Um, so we're going to see what's going on with uh, Chris and Jeremy way over in the desert. Um, and with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of We Run the Desert Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Jeremy. We are practicing social distancing yet again, and we are <laughs> doing our podcast via Zoom. But this time we're doing something even a little bit more different. We are joined by the host of Running Inside Out Podcast from Rochester, New York, Chris O'Brien. Welcome, Chris. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Thanks for having me on your show, and uh, good to be uh, socially distant from you. <laughs> You're super, you're more than just socially distant. You're just across the nation, but, uh, I want to make sure that we're distant. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. 2,800 miles apart. That's <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do this because, um, actually we had a viewer, um, Jamie from Rochester, New York as well. She introduced this because she said that she listens to both podcasts. Um, she loves that you guys are kind of doing the same thing with the running and set out podcast. You're uh, focusing on your local community and running there in your area, same thing that we kind of do. But, you know, as runners, we travel all over. We love visiting new areas and new places to go run. And so we thought, well, this is a great kind of opportunity to kind of bring both podcasts together in a fun little different format to kind of just chat about our own local running communities. They have the same, how they're different, and go from there. Yeah. So uh, Jamie said um, she has an, infatu an infatuation with Javelino 100. So yeah, that's so <laughs> that's what led her to your uh, your podcast. Oh, cool. The one of the things that I think is neat about this is that idea of the um, the focus on the local community, you know. And we, you know, like you said, we travel all over the place. And I originally started the podcast because um, you ever get like when you're on a run with somebody or you're chatting with somebody before the start of a race, and you're like, la la la, and you're like, hey, let's catch up afterwards, you know, and you met somebody really cool, but maybe only had a couple miles with them. Um, and then afterwards, you're like, oh, man, I really wish I would have, you know, got the rest of the story. Yeah, you want to dig deeper into that for sure. So yeah, that's sort of what got me uh, doing this whole gig was. And the other thing was, you can start with a story, you can hear somebody is like, Oh, you were on that podcast, you ran, you know, Virgil's crest, I never got to run Virgil's crest. And you know, you get chats like that and going. And so yeah, this is cool. Now we have a now we have a cross coast connection. Yeah, that was kind of my initial thought as well Is there's I talked to so many people on runs and at races, and everyone has a crazy story. And I just want to know more and why not have everyone else be able to hear the story as well? Yeah, exactly. And how long have you been doing your podcast, Chris? So, uh, in two months, uh, this little baby will turn five. Awesome. We, uh, started, started in June of 2015 Wow. and, uh, got, you know, it's, um, it's sort of, I do, uh, because I like to do the podcast in person and full-time job and a ultra runner, I don't record maybe as often as, you know, some of the pros do, but we're about to hit a hundred episodes. So I feel like that's, that's pretty all right. I feel like I can almost remember to not screw up <laughs> most episodes. That's a big milestone. How, how are things different from when you started until now recording the podcast? You know, I think the biggest thing is uh, I have, you know, as we do uh, with trail running, got into the gear a little bit more, right? Like um, I now have a, 
I, I've learned to always have a backup recording. So I have two recordings going, right? I've, I, uh, I've lost two podcasts uh, in five uh, years, two of them. And so uh-oh. it's like crushed me. So now I always have a backup. Um, I've gotten just better at like uh, some of the nuts and bolts. Um, I think we were talking before the show about how much work podcasting actually takes. And um, I've tried to minimize a lot of those. Like I have text snippets for show notes and, you know, I got little sounds and buzzers and bells um, that I have pre-recorded, so I don't try to screw them up, things like that. You sound so much way more professional than we do. We just, we just wing it half the time. Hey, you know what? That's the best. The best podcasts are natural ones. I used to just wing it. I started out with a Zoom recorder and recording people with a shotgun mic, me and the same my first episode was recorded in this room after a run. We were just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's record. I had a single microphone in the middle of three of us and just cranked the gain all the way up. And, <laughs> and it sounded, I mean, it sounded terrible, but it got the ball rolling. You know, it's just like your first, your first long run, right? It's going to be ugly at the end, but. So, so which Zoom were you using? Uh, Zoom H4. So the one with the two inputs, yeah, 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 that's what we're using right now, or not right now, but before Zoom, that's what we're using. So, you know, if we have one guest, our best case scenario is we're splitting one mic for two people, and then the other ones on the other. So it's it's just crazy. Yeah, and that's one of the. So what things. do you got now? A pod uh, podcast or what's it called? The uh, Procaster. Yeah, I did. How do you know you are you staring at me? Uh, yeah, I no, did. That's what I'm looking into getting, man. Oh, it is. <laughs> It is really, really nice. It's a ton of money, but it does the mix minus. It does all the inputs. It's It does all the stuff for you. You can play your opening and closing clips right from it on the sound pad. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's good. And then that's going to happen. You're going to get more microphones. You're going to get, you know, uh, it's going to just, it's going to, it turns into like trail shoes, dude. It does. <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All of that is on our radar because we actually just hit our one year mark um, a month or two ago, back in April. Awesome! Yeah. Congratulations. What got you guys? Uh, what What made you go from thinking about doing it to doing it? That's <laughs> a funny story. Go for uh, it. I'll let Chris tell it. Well, I saw Jeremy. T- correct me if I'm wrong. I saw you uh, post something about you were thinking about starting a podcast, and I, I kind of rolled it around for a couple of days. And then I just DM'd him and said, Hey man, I've been wanting to start a podcast too. Do you want some help? And he's like, yeah, sure. And that's kind of how it started. There you go. And we had met before, so it's not yeah. like we know each other, but, um, and then I was like, yeah, actually I had never really considered having a co-host. And then from there it just kind of, you know, it became a reality. And so it was really awesome actually. And having Chris has been great. And we kind of are able to tap into like different communities, different people. And, uh, we know some of the same people, but then we know some different people. It's just been, it's been a great, uh, partnership so far. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And you guys don't live in the same town, right? You live, you live separate towns. Correct. I mean, we're close, close, but not, I mean, it's Phoenix. So it's kind of like, you know, we're very spread out and that's what we were actually chatting with uh, earlier too, was that um, we love being able to be mobile because we can kind of just travel to people or at least meet somewhere halfway versus, you know, we'll come to our studio here and, you know, 45 minutes away from you, it'd be much harder to get guests or, or chat with the people that we want. Um, so it's been great to kind of be able to just have that mobility and running around, but, um, while we're on that topic, that's one thing that I tell a lot of people is, you know, I get a lot of questions about, Oh, you know, yeah, I was thinking of uh, starting a podcast. So what do you have? Just like a mic you bought on Amazon, you record, what do you, I'm like, even besides all the gear, it's a lot of, you know, organization and you want to make sure that you have something that people will listen to. So you do need the gear for the high quality stuff. So it can get, um, yeah, it's, it's a big undertaking. And that's why I'm so glad that I have Chris is a co-host because, you know, we can kind of share some of those responsibilities. Yeah. Chris, you want, you want a side, you want another side gig? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just happened to work out cause I am not a fan of, you know, like promoting and stuff like that. Just cause to me, that's too, you know, that, that's the hard work and Jeremy's great at that. Whereas like editing, I'll sit down after my kids go to bed with a beer and just 
you know, go at it and edit and it comes natural to me. So it was a, like Jeremy said, good partnership. Getting Chris to do a photo is so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) But recently he pulled through. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, my thing has been, uh, that's the thing with a podcast. Like I've never, I've never gone out of my way to promote it, you know, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not good at social media. I haven't been on Facebook since like August. I don't plan on going back. Um, (laughs) I just, I've never, I've never done that thing of like the, Hey everybody, you should really listen to this. And I try, I do, I do. I think what is like the bare minimum, you know? And, uh, that really amounts to posting it. I do an Instagram picture, but I don't know. It's just not, it's not what I do. And, and I, I don't, I don't have anything against the places that do it, you know, um, because they do, they get the word out and that's really what you want, right. Is to get the word out about your show. But yeah, I don't know. I guess that sort of defeats, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I get so many mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I think you and I feel very, uh, similarly about that. Cause I, I really just wanted to have stations with people and record it. And, you know, if people want to listen that, if people don't find it, I'm okay with that too. But in having someone like me who's good at getting people to listen, mm-hmm. doing social, it really helped me to eat a lot of new people because of that. So that's cool. Well, and for me, you know, I'm not just used to, you know, promoting on social and stuff, but like every episode that we've done, you know, we're both very passionate about it. And we're like, we, people need to hear this, you know, uh, whether it just be a very like, great topic or just a cool, awesome story or just a really awesome person. For me, I'm like, I want to promote it because I want people to hear this. Like I want people to follow this person. I want people to know this person. So, um, but you know, it does take time, you know, like you said, there's a lot of different things from the editing to the social promotion. So having a co-host is, is great. Um, just because I can take part of that responsibility, Chris can take the other. And then it feels like we are doing everything that we possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, again, I, I always think about running, you know, when somebody, somebody goes, Hey dude, let's sign up for that race, you know? And you're like, Hey, you know, that's a 50 miler. Uh, have you done a 50 miler before? Well, no, but I've always wanted to do a 50 miler. So, okay. So what's going to happen is we're both going to sign up for this race and I'm going to end up running a 50 miler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I try to think of it that way whenever anybody wants to, you know, it's a commitment. I mean, it's definitely a commitment and you can't, you can't go into it, um, half prepared, you know, you, you can't do uh you can't do 20 miles a week and finish a hundred, you know, like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe some people are gifted in that way, but it's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt. Right. And not everybody's going to want to see the, the end result. <laughs> So, um, you know, at the expense of, at the expense of turning this full on into a podcasting, uh, episode, (laughs) (laughs) um, how did you pick the name of your, uh, podcast? Was it quick and easy? Did you have a hundred different names for it? Pull one out of a hat. We sat at Starbucks for so long coming up with our name and we had like 20 and then we were texting each other the week before, um, it just kind of fell. We knew we wanted to be around the desert in Arizona because we know we wanted to really focus on, on our community because there's so many different things going on here uh, from trail running to road running to, um, you know, the ultra running community. We have OCR, like big OCR and Ninja community here as well. So just wanted to really tap into all those different types of things. So I think, Chris, what was the one that we wanted to go with, but we thought it was either too explicit. Was it, pricks in the desert or something like that yeah it's like two pricks in the desert or something <laughs> like that and then we were like well will it that's what <laughs> it's it gonna be to me from now on yeah <laughs> that was the thing we were like we should do two pricks in the desert yeah that'd be really fun but then we settled on rerun the desert because we're like even if you didn't know what the podcast was about that literally says it right there. We run the desert. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So that's just kind of how we settled. And then we, uh, uh have a friend, uh, crystal with, um, trail gangsters up in Flagstaff. She, you know, cranked out this awesome logo for us and we just kind of took it from there. I watched, uh, did either of you watch the trail running film festival last night? No, I wanted oh. to. No, I didn't. I know. Trail, trail gangsters had a cool little movie in there. Mm-hmm. That was neat. Yeah. That was fun. 
Um, yeah, that's so it's interesting because so much of um, the established like uh, things like that big established um, nationwide things seem to have been in the West Coast because it was I don't know maybe more promotional or it's been around longer or more established, but it you wouldn't think that on the East Coast we would know of a West Coast running group called Trail Gangsters, right? But it made its way over. It made its way over here somehow, you know. So not to dive back too much, but uh, we always love to, uh, you know, hear our guests running story because everyone's a little bit different. And so kind of share with me when you got started running, how you got started running, and then just kind of how it progressed from there where you are today. Well, um, one foot in front of the other, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, actually, so I, I ran in high school, um, like on the high school cross country team, but I went to high school in the city in Buffalo. So our cross country team wasn't country. Like it was in the city, it was in Buffalo. So it was more like around Delaware park and LaSalle park, you know, grass, um, manicured sort of parks. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. I, when I came to college, um, I tried to be like, college student, you know, I was the first uh, person in my family to go to college. So I'm like, I'm going to do this for real. I'm not going to, you know, sports is, I'm never going to be a sports person. I better just get this stuff right. Um, and then I started drinking a lot later on after college. And so I sort of took a break and my second phase of running started after I had, uh, twins. My, my wife and I were gifted, uh, two kids. Uh, I was 32 at the time. And I worked in a technology job and I just was, I was, uh, basically the way I say it is I was waking up, holding the baby, going to work, coming home, holding the baby, going to sleep. And, uh, just one night I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for a run. And, uh, my wife goes, um, you don't run. And I was like, like hell I don't run. She goes, I've never seen you literally. I've never seen you go for a run. And I was like, wait a minute. And I went back and my, I was like, so we met, we dated, we got married, we bought a house, we had kids and you never saw me. I'll be back <laughs> in about an hour. <laughs> I'm going for a run. Um, so that's sort of how it went. I just ran out my door one night at like 10 PM cause I needed like some time. Um, and I did, you know, probably four miles off the couch that night. And I had been sort of athletic, you know, playing pickup soccer and crap. Um, but yeah, then I just started running and I was like the next day went out for another one and sort of the, the threshold happened when, um, probably two to three months into this, I, um, I went for one of my nighttime runs and I was like, I'm going to go down this road and see where that takes me. Well, I live in a suburban area of Rochester and I came out on this one little street and I was like, wait a minute, I'm five miles from my house right now. Uh oh, <laughs> so I had to run back, and uh, by the time my wife had you know two uh, babies, she wasn't coming to pick me up. You know they're sleeping, so I had to run home. And I I got to the corner of my road, and I was like, uh, at like maybe eleven and a half miles, and I was like, if you just do another mile, you're you're gonna have a half marathon. And I was like, no idiot accidentally runs a half marathon. <laughs> I got back to my house and it was like 11.8. And I was like, you dummy, you should have just went and did it. So the next day I signed up for the Rochester marathon. Man, next day. That's savage. Well, well, with the marathon was, I mean, I had some cushion. It was like May and the marathon was in September. So I had, you know, the summer. Yeah. Just that, that almost half marathon. And you're like, let's do it. Might as well. You know, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that first marathon go. Oh God. Um, I was training, uh, you know, they say don't pick a uh, time or whatever, but you got to do something, right? You got to, you got to have something to shoot for. Uh, so I was training for a four hour marathon and, um, about, I don't know, mile nine, I had to stop and take a pee. And I, um, I lost the pace group that I was running with because I had to pee. And so for some reason I was like, I gotta I catch up to that pace group. I finally caught them at about mile 20 and then mile 22 got a wicked hamstring cramp. And, uh, so I ended up at like a four seventeen, I think for my first, my first marathon. 
That's still pretty good. Road marathons are not my style, though. I mean, I, I think I've done like <laughs> six of them, and I, I got a 341 PR, and I don't even know the amount of work it would take to, to make a 340, you know? Don't even know. So do you primarily run on roads or trails or? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a trails at heart uh, with this uh, current um, climate that we're in. Um, I have been running right out the door um, in the suburbs and it's fine because the roads are sort of empty. But yeah, I don't love the roads. I think they're sort of a means to an end. Um, I don't have anything against anybody that does run roads. Uh, some of my fastest friends are road runners. Um, well, my best friends are also road runners. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I know road runners, man. <laughs> um, but, uh, I just love the trails. I love being out in the woods. Um, you know, I was out for a long run and that's just when my shoulders came down away from my ears. And when I stopped thinking thoughts, you know, I stopped doing the math of how long and how fast and, I just like that so much better, you know. So are your, what is the situation out there in your area right now with trails? Are they closed? Are they open? What's going on out your way? Uh, they are not closed. They are full. Um, there's, okay. There are oh, lots of people. Similar. Yeah, there are lots of people on the trails. Um, so in, um, I live in Rochester, New York. Um, and for those that don't know exactly how big New York is, um, I'm about five and a half hours away from New York City. So if you hop on the 90 and you drive east for five and a half hours, you'll get to New York City. If you go west for an hour and a half, you'll hit the other end of New York. So we're sort of, um, I'm an hour from Syracuse and an hour from Buffalo, um, about three and a half hours away from the Adirondacks. So okay. in our area, we have a lot of state parks and a lot of um, town parks. So we got a varied array of like, it's pick your trail around here. Do you want something uh, short and steep? Do you want something flat and fast? But we have, we have lots of different small parks where you can um, string together 12 miles if you want. Um, you can go from park to park to park with minimal road crossings. So... Uh, one of our big parks is called Menden Ponds, and it's it's uh, 44 miles of trails you can get to, um, and uh, it's full of people right now. It's a it's a glacial park, uh, so there's two eskers, and so they're usually up. They're dry even in the rainy seasons, you know. So um, yeah, a lot of activity. People getting out, but people that might not have gotten out much in the past. Yeah, so very similar to Arizona, except we have this thing called uh, the summertime where it gets to about 104 right now in May. And let me tell you, as soon as it hit like, what, 95, Jeremy, everyone just disappeared off the trails. Right, because they know it's coming. Uh, that 114 is just around the corner. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people were just really crowding the trails here, but now they're starting to dissipate a little bit. But um, you know, most of us runners here in Arizona, we have to hit the trails or the road super early, like before the sun rises or when the sun sets. So, uh, you know, we have limited time and when we can get out there. Uh, but well, no, dude, I think at like 3 p.m. today. <laughs> well, you were different than a lot of other people and <laughs> <laughs> you're always the crazy one that's out there when it's the hottest. Um, we don't recommend that. Kids, don't try this at home. Uh, when it's 104, you know, if you can, you know, go, but if not, uh, yeah. you guys are literally at 95 degrees right now. Oh, we're way higher than that. Way higher. Yeah. Oh it was, what is the temperature? It's, it's ridiculous right now. We're, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like 53 here today. <laughs> and it's not even technically summer yet. So that's gives us a sign uh. of things to come. Right. Like here, here you go. Here's our, uh, I don't know if you can see that, but there's oh, our, our current weather right now. We're in the hundreds. <laughs> I know every time when we chat with someone who's not, uh, from not. Arizona, I was just like, what? And that's why it's, it's crazy on the opposite side too, because we see runners yeah. from the bureau in your, up in your area, uh, talking about, Oh, you know, look at all the snow from yesterday. And we're like, snow. It's nice. It's a hundred. <laughs> we had snow last week, dude. <laughs> Yeah, we, had, we had flakes last week. Um, yeah. So my podcast, my alternate name for my podcast was going to be, we run the temper moderate zones, but we kinda, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't so catchy. 
Yeah. So are you guys both from Arizona originally growing up there? I am born and raised. Yeah. I, that's actually really unique here is, is having someone that um, you find that's born and raised because it's, it's very much a melting pot. I myself am from Arkansas. So I uh, moved here about 10 years ago. So I've been here for quite a while, uh, but originally from the South. One of my, one of my running buddies, uh, Josh Stratton is from Arkansas. And he's he's relocated up up here, so I guess you, you can make either choice. <laughs> either either way, you got, you're going to leave Arkansas. You're going to go north or west, I guess, huh? <laughs> Although you know, to be fair, Arkansas does have some awesome uh, trails, and you know, I did start running down there and everything, and and there were some awesome places to go running. I did more road running than trails in Arkansas, but it's very pretty. It's very much the natural state, and so there are some awesome places. Humidity. So what, what are some big races up there, Chris, that are like popular in your area? Not even just New York, but maybe just like the upper area of our country. Yeah. So, so I will say the race that the race that's near and dear to my heart, and uh, that's probably the one that you might have had. Well, recently had a really good chance of hearing about is uh, Twisted Branch Hundred K. Um, okay. that, that last year just became a Western States qualifier. So that was kind of a, kind of a big deal, kind of, uh, jumped it up a little bit. Um, but it's, it's a beautiful race. Uh, it runs from this place called, uh, Naples, New York. Um, and it's up in the high areas, you know, higher and it runs down South, um, 65 ish miles and ends at the foot of Cuca Lake in Hammondsport, New York. So you get to cross just so much, um, it's on the F- Bristol Hills branch of the Finger Lakes Trail. I don't know how familiar you are if you've ever heard of the Finger Lakes Trail. No, but the point-to-point concept is cool. Oh, it's it's awesome. And um, I, it was my first ultra, actually, 100K in 2015. Um, that was your first? Wow. Yeah, and, you know, I told I don't <laughs> – it's, it's, it's the way you do it, right? You just uh, – I'm going to do this thing, and then you do it. And that's, that's the only way. If you think about things too long, you might uh, talk yourself out of it, you know. A true ultra runner at heart. Yeah. <laughs> Dumber words were never spoken. Um, so, uh, yeah, Twisted Branch is a big one. Um, and as far as like our local scene, we have three to four, you know, depending on what you, how you want to count them, local ultras that are, that are our core ultras. You know, we have another race called Many on the Jenny, which is um, a 40 miler. And that's in Letchworth State Park. And it runs basically around a gorge. Letchworth is called... Uh, the Grand Canyon of the East, they bill it as. But, oh, wow. Um, it's a huge gorge. Um, it's beautiful. And you start at the dam uh, and run down through the gorge and come back up and around on the other side of the dam. So, you, you know, another point-to-point, again, um, we love to try to get point-to-points when we can. But that's a 40-miler. Um, in Ithaca, New York, we have a uh, Cayuga Trails 50 which was actually for three or four years was um, the uh, USATF trail championships for the 50 mile distance. Oh, okay. So, um, and that got people, um, got a couple people out here, you know, from the, from the West out and running it. Um, Sage Canada won it the first year cause he was an Ithaca boy back at that time. He was at Cornell. So, so that's another, those are like three primary big ones. Um, and we got a green lakes ultra, um, which is in Syracuse, which is like um, a loop. It's uh, eight loops that make up a 50 mile. So that's more of a, you know. Oh, terrible. <laughs> hey, that's you, more of the Arizona style is the continuous loops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we have, I mean, there's other things. I mean, there's the Bear Mountain 50s up here. Um, there's Breakneck, um, which is in Breakneck Point in, um, by, uh, down by New York City. And that one is awesome. That's a hand over hand sort of mountain race, you know, where you're, you got some bouldering. I have heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Breakneck Ridge is just, it's beautiful. Um, it's Catskills. So it's, it's different sort of, it's a, I don't know. We like to think of them as older, meaner, sharper mountains, you know, it's not, there definitely no buttery soft trail out there for that. That's cool. Have you been out to Arizona at all? I've been, um, I went to Las Vegas once. Um, oh, okay. I, I was not a runner when I was out there for that. <laughs> uh, um, I was more of a, uh, sit down at the poker table kind of guy for a while. 
Um, but no, I've never, I've never actually run and it, it sounds like now it might actually kill me. So I don't, I don't think I should do it. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe if you came and ran in the middle of the day, like, like, uh, Chris, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, I mean, we still have races here during the summer. We just, they're actually usually take place at night. Uh, yeah. right now, you know, because of, uh, all the coronavirus stuff that, uh, everything has been postponed or, or is turned yeah. virtual, but you know, the air Viper who does the heavily hundred also does a lot of, um, a night series races, which are always really awesome. It just becomes a big party in the desert. Uh, you're running under the moonlight and everything. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I was going to say, I heard your podcast with Jamil. Um, and it, I mean, race directors are definitely getting crushed by this. Um, I, we're not sure what we're going to do with twisted branch yet. It's in the middle of August, uh, but we're we're still not sure what's going to happen with that. Um, but it seems like he's faring a little bit better because he has, um, in the sense of he has a, a company and he can task people with doing jobs to make a thing happen. You know, like he he's an dude. That guy is an idea machine. Like he is. Yeah. He just ideas just come out of him. I'm sure he's got a thousand ideas he hasn't even acted on yet. You know. Um, so it seems like he's able to do some of these things with the organization um, and and sort of organize really quickly to um, not be as, as strung up as some RDs who might only have one or two races a year, you know? Yeah, I agree. If there was a race that you could come out to, maybe not just Arizona, but kind of the Southwest area, is there any that you've had your eye on that you, you know, bucket list races? Oh, Javelina is one that I think we, we all know out here and we all stare at, um, you know, um, Party and, in the desert. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I like the idea of, uh, I know it's not exact, uh, the Tahoe rim trail. I, I really would oh, love to yeah. do the Tahoe rim trail. I went out to Western States with my buddy, Jamie Hobbs two years ago. Uh, and we just ran a little tiny piece, um, up in, um, Lake Tahoe. And I was just like, absolutely in love with it. That's more my climate right there. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can get go. down with that stuff. Um, but yeah, like those, um, the other thing was, uh, Jamie Hobbs, the same guy, he did uh Zane gray and, um, that oh, seems, Lord. yeah, he just, his stories from Zane gray, like just, you know, uh, I'm like, I, I need, that's the kind of stuff I would love to do where you, you're seeing something, on foot that people just can't see, you know, they just, they, you can't get there unless you get on your two feet and you motor to it, you know? Yeah. So what's the longest distance you've done so far in a race? Um, the 65 miles at twisted branch I've done. Okay. So, I was um, going to mention, uh, the destination trail, they got the Tahoe 200. You could always think about that. <laughs> I'm not even, I've crewed a lot of hundred milers and I love crewing hundred milers. I don't know. There's something about it that I just, I've really get into. I, you know, can't say never, but hundred milers yeah. have not grabbed me yet. What's your favorite distance? Uh, I think 50 miler is my favorite distance. Okay. I think, I think 50 is, um, I, I, I mean the, the challenge of the hundred K is nice, but at, at my speed and my fitness, that extra, um, you know, that extra 13, 14 miles tends to be three to four more hours. Um, Feels like yeah, yeah. But a 50, I think a 50, you can get done. And even on a bad day, you could get done around 12 hours, you know, if you're struggling. So that, that to me is, you know, that's a good window of time. Cool. What's your typical um, training week look like, mileage wise? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> do you follow a plan? Do you have a coach or anything, or do you just kind of run? When I do train, when I do train for races, I mean, I my my twins that I mentioned earlier are, are nine now. Um, so they're for the last two years they've been actually at a phase where they sort of like to hang out with me. You know, and so, so being like, Hey, daddy's gone for seven hours on Saturday, you know, deuces. Um, it, I haven't done a lot of that, but I would generally do four to five days a week. Um, I do, I do love my off days. Um, I tend to run, I think a little hard. So I tend to need an, an extra day of recovery when I do speed work. I don't think my form is great. So I might be a little stompy, might end up with some lower back pain, you know, if I do hard speed work. So I tend to do four days. Um, I would, 
ideally, I would love to be regularly at about 40 miles a week. I think that's a nice base to be at. Right now, I probably would say I'm struggling to stay between 20 and 30. But um, I try to get out at least like and just go, you know, and that's a lot more of what I'm doing is just rip the Band-Aid off and go. Even if I work for a hospital, so that's a little bit of a thing. <laughs> um, we're not exactly slow right now. So, um, oh, for sure. Yeah, so I I just try to, you know, try to strike while the iron's hot and get it going. You know, what about you guys? It seems like you guys are out every every day. Uh, if it's if I'm in a big training block for an ultra, that's probably no more than 60 miles a week. Once I start getting over 60 miles a week, it's, you know, injuries can happen and I just start feeling burnout, but my maintenance miles per week is probably between 30 and 40. Yeah, that's where, that's where I'd like to be is between 30 and 40. That's, that's a little bit, you know, and we're going to get there. You know, I got free time on my hands, right? I'm not commuting anymore. And what do you do for, uh, you said you work for a hospital. I wanted to touch on that to just kind of just curious what you do for the hospital. I'm a data dork. So uh, my job is slinging all the data in and out of the hospital system. So making sure patient records are updated properly, sending results to the, um, sending orders to the lab, results back in, anything that involves patient data or clinical data flying around um, from system to system is, is a lot of what my team does. No practice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a, It's, you know, I was in technology for technology's sake for 15 years, and um, I just, my company got so big that the board of directors was either in, like, Toronto one day or New York or London. I never knew who I was working for, and so I just made a switch, and, you know, now I work for my city, one of the two uh, hospital systems in the city, so now I can know, definitely know who I'm working for, you know? That's cool, man. Yeah, so um, what do you guys do you out there in the desert? You're not uh, farming farming cacti. What, what else do you do out in the desert? So I actually work for um, a company that does cancer diagnostics. So my role in the company is to uh, sell and maintain and train customers on how to use and take care of the instruments that help to diagnose different types of cancer. So we work um, with a lot of pathology labs in the Valley here. I cover Arizona, New Mexico, and basically just kind of train them how to use our instrumentation. And I just, I've been doing that for a year before I worked in a pathology lab. So. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Look at that. Two, two Chris's both in the medical field, both runners. Boom. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Uh, so I was trying to look it up real quick, but um, so I'm not in the health field. Uh, <laughs> I work for Right This Minute, so we're a viral video TV show. So I work in the entertainment, work for TV show. We air all over the U.S., and I can actually tell you where. So in Rochester right now, we air on WHAM. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, WAM 13. Um, yeah, we air early morning. 5 a.m. But yeah, so we air all over the U.S. um, And I am kind of on the business side, uh, the marketing B2B, uh, all the stations that air us are kind of my clients. So it's, it's affiliate relations managers, the technical title, but, but I also do a little bit of everything, Um, which is fun though, because, you know, it just means that I'm not always doing the same old, same old thing. And I've been in TV, you know, that's what I went to school for. I was on local news and then I moved to syndication to entertainment and it's been a lot of fun since then. That's cool. So, so that's why the promotion part is somewhat a uh, little right. bit more natural to you, huh? Yeah, for sure. So I kind of just, it's, it's definitely more natural just because of what I do and, and just, I enjoy it a lot. So does anybody, so are you primarily a work from home person then, or do you have an office and no, uh, we have an office and and a studio here in, uh, Phoenix, but thankfully we've been able to create a way for us to work from home. We've been doing a lot of shows via zoom, believe it or not. Uh, I have the ability to work from home if I ever needed to, just because of, of the nature of what I do but there are some times when I need to be there and be in the studio. But thankfully we were able to kind of see this coming a little bit. So we started 
thinking of new ways to be able to work from home, to record shows. And by the time that it was mandated that we needed to do that, we were able to just pick up and, and start recording. We're anxious to get back to the studio because there's a lot of, lot of technical issues to, to, and hoops to jump through. But, you know, we at least are going to be able to stay home as long as we need to. Does your, do your coworkers tend to think that your um, physical fitness hobby might be strange? Uh, mostly as probably anyone else's <laughs> does. I mean, it's funny when, uh, they'll say, I think the biggest thing is whenever I take vacation, it's always around a race, you know? Um, so when I'm saying, Hey, you know, I'm off this weekend, they're always like, where are you going? And I'll say, Oh, going here. And they'll say, well, what are you doing? Running a race. Well, how long? Why, why would you go? Why would you take off and do that? So that's been the biggest thing. But, uh, one of my supervisors, he used to be a runner back in his day. And so he kind of gets it, you know, but for the most part, I think everyone has to deal with that where they're saying, Oh, whether it's a, what, uh, marathon are you running this weekend? Or how long is this marathon that you're running? That's one of my Uh, favorites. How long is that marathon? I think the one that gets me the most where I'm just like, the one that gets under my skin is the, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friend, he's a, he's one of those marathon runners too. He just did a 5k marathon last weekend. Like, <laughs> no, no, not the same. <laughs> it might've, I've had 5ks that have felt like marathons though. <laughs> true, very true. Very true. But like, <laughs> yeah. So, I always but, get the, uh, Oh, so you're, you're one of those marathon runners. And I'm like, well, I've actually never run a marathon, but I'm going to go do a hundred K and like, well, how long is that? I'm like, oh, it's like 62 ish miles on trail. And they're like, wait, you want to do that? Yeah. I say it's two and a half marathons. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> all at, all and then they follow up with the, I don't even like to drive that far. Yeah. yeah. So Chris, <laughs> you skipped right over marathons, huh? Yeah, I've yet to do an official. Actually, it's kind of funny you bring that up. The The longest I've run on road is probably 15 miles, like ever. And in, uh, let's see, two weeks from today, I'm going to run a 50K around my neighborhood for uh, a charity kind of type deal. So, I don't know. We'll see how the legs hold up. But <laughs> I like to take breaks from the trails because I feel like when I get back to them, I just fall in love with them all over again. So spend a couple of weeks on the roads doing this training for this 50 K and then get right back to the trails. Yeah. That's uh. so what's it, what's it look like for you? Do you, um, do you leave your house driving your car to get to trails? Or are you uh, out the door run to trails? No, it's, it's, I have a trail that's about 10 minutes from me, but it's, it's a pretty tiny trail system. I mean, you can get a lot of miles there, but you got to do some loops and to get anywhere else, it's probably an hour for me. So I do a lot of driving just to, you know, get to different trails, but sometimes I don't feel like it. And I just want to jump out the door and run around the neighborhood. Yeah. I feel like that's how I got started and I got away from it. I used to get into this, you know, like, like I said, if you don't just do it, you tend to overthink it. I'd be like, okay, it's 45 and rainy with a little bit of wind what's the best trail for that? Well, let's see if it, you know, and you start to go, should I go over to Tryon? Uh, should I go to Ellison? Oh no, Ellison was wet the other day. Maybe I'll go oh, to Menden, you know, and you start just thinking, and then it's like an hour and a half later. And my wife's like, are you actually going to go running today? <laughs> yeah, know? dude, I can relate to that. Usually for me, it's the night before. And I'm like sitting on Strava planning out, well, I have this amount to do tomorrow. And I'm like making routes. And my wife's like, why don't you just go to the trail and run? And I'm like, Hey, listen, this is what I want to do with my free time. (laughs) Gotta, gotta have a plan. (laughs) If you had to pick a favorite uh, trail, like only one to run there in uh, your area, what would you pick? My trail. Um, Mm -hmm. So a daily, my daily runner is, uh, is um, what we call the 10 K loop in Menden ponds park. Now for me, that's, that's about 35 minutes away, but it's on an Esker. It is a, it's a legit 10 K loop. There's porta potties in the parking lot. And nice. because it's on an Esker, it's almost always dry. I mean, even if it rains for three straight days, you'll have maybe 150 yards of the trail that are wet, you know, that are, that are unrunnable. 
So, you know, for us with spring and fall, that's always a consideration is destroying the trails because of too much rain. So that's one that's like, that's my go-to, you know, that's, that's, uh, your daily driver or that's your, um, that's your, um, all day, um, session beer. You know, that's the one that I go to for that. <laughs> it's got about a thousand feet of elevation over six miles, you know, not too hard, but it's got some little climbs that get your blood going, stuff like that. Um, but if I were, you know, my favorite trail, um, we have a place here, um, called, uh, Naples, New York, where, uh, Twisted Branch starts. It's Ontario County Park. It's the highest point in Ontario County. Not that it's super high, but it's a beautiful park. Um, you, when you get up to the top of it, it's got bike trails that wind around each other. Um, you dive down and, you know, you can get a five, five mile runnable descent, you know, on, on technical trails, you know, rocks, ranches, roots, um, rocks, ranches, rocks and branches and roots. Um, and you can just, you can get some fast footwork in, get some nice heavy breathing, get some good speed going. Um, and then you got to come back up. So now you get a nice five mile, you know, climb. Um, and, and it's just, it's such varied terrain again, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I like where you can run, but you gotta, you gotta keep your feet moving. You gotta watch where you're going. Cause you are going to have roots and rocks and stuff like that. I agree. That's my favorite too. That hundred K, how much gain do you get? Uh, 11, uh, 10,000 feet, 11, wow. 11 down and 10,000 up. And that's, that's pretty good amount. Yeah, it's and it's and it's such um we call it brutally beautiful because it's just some some parts of it if you did 50k of it you'd be like oh that's all right and if you did the other 50k of it you'd be like oh that's all right when you put those 250k together you're like what the hell is this That's such a good way to explain it. Yeah. I think the best races are not just the most challenging but like when you have to do that much climbing, you're going to see some awesome stuff. So that's why I always say is that like trails can be intimidating for a lot of people, but it's worth it just for the scenery alone. Yeah. And for us, we don't have, um, you know, we got, we got lots of trees and you know, we're, we're a different climate. So for us, we don't have those big stunning vistas that you can just run along for hours where you're on a Canyon and you know, you can just overlook. So for us, when we get one or two of those, we're like, Oh, stop. Everybody stop. Look at it. There it is. It's right there. <laughs> There's the overlook, you know, and that one of my favorite runs that we ever did was from Ontario County Park. It was my friend, Laura Records genius idea. We were all training for Twisted Branch and she was like, let's go do a sunrise run, you know, so it's an hour from us. So we had to leave at like three in the morning. We get to the park at 4 a.m. And now we have to essentially we have a five person race to get to the overlook by the time the sun comes up and we can see it sort of rise over the ridge. And so there's just five of us, like we're, we're literally racing the sun in this park to get, to get to the overlook, you know, and it's just, it's just one of those things that'll kind of stick with me forever. You know, we're running through the, and we all know when it's time to work, you know, at first we're chit chatting and giggling and we're like, Oh, time to start breathing. Let's go. (laughs) Everyone stops talking. Yeah. I love that moment. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's one of my favorite parts about trail running too, is, you know, we, we know we've been, we've been socially distanced before it was cool, man. We know, we know how to be with each other and still be away from each other. Great point. And, you know, um, I know we talk a lot about the weather here being super hot, but I always try to point out that it's only during the summer. Uh, we have some really great weather, of course, during the rest of the year. And that's when you see a lot of our really big races like Cavalina 100, Black Canyon. There's some really great, amazing trail races out here. And then road races, of course, all of our marathons and everything else are, are not in the summer here. And, you know, it's just fantastic weather. It's like the best running weather any other time. So that's why we trail runners and road runners in Arizona, we endure the summer to get to the the better part of the year to enjoy that the rest of the time when we're having Christmas dinner out by the pool. Yeah, we do that too. It's just our summer is uh, 91 and it's outrageous. You know, that's, that's the difference. Um, But yeah, I'm a, I love to run in 56 degrees with some clouds in the sky. You know, that's my favorite temperature to run in. It might be your favorite too. You just have to do it at 4am. 
<laughs> uh, it's in the summer. I think the coolest that it is for us when it's at like 3 a.m. or at night would be maybe 80s, 90s, usually the 90s, low 90s. I've been running at night uh, when the sun has been down. It's 9 o'clock at night and it's 110, you know, uh, or 100. It's it's a little insane. You get used to it. That's the thing is when you're getting used to it, you just get it done. You're not worried about time is the only thing. I remember uh, one of my first summers trying to train for a marathon out here, and it was during the dead of the summer. And we were, you know, getting all of our miles in, but they just were so, you know, monotonous and not fast. And we thought, you know, we went to Seattle was for the marathon. And when we got there, the weather was great. It was a little drizzly. It was perfect. So we thought we're going to do negative splits. And that didn't happen. That was probably one of both of ours worst marathon times, just because we didn't get the quality, um, you know, miles in to be shooting for a marathon PR at that time. So, I got to imagine that you do get used to it. As you said, I mean, we, we can, we can get accustomed to, it. we're very adaptable species, right? Like it's right. hot. So, but I feel like you got to be, you probably have to be more responsible. You can't go out and do 10 miles and be like, I'm not going to carry any water. I'm just going to go do 10 and be back. Unless you're Chris Polito. Um, then <laughs> not true. Not true. Today. I only did, I only did six miles and I used, a water bottle for drinking and a water bottle for squirting myself with water. Yeah. See, you're responsible. I like that. That's good. Yeah. I was close to my house. What scares me is when you go far out on the trails, you know, and even if you have a ton of water, just unnerving. I like shorter loops close to the trailhead when it's super hot out. And then I feel more comfortable. Oh yeah. And you know, that's why we see so many new people or new hikers or travelers, you know, people from out of town, visitors that get rescued off mountains here because they decide to go on a four hour hike or even just an hour hike with like just one little water bottle. And we're like, Nope, that's not enough. Yeah. That's the thing. Like when I'm, when I'm in a race and when I'm, when I'm, uh, actually, you know, serious about things, I have, I have my ultimate direction pack. I got the 70, uh, ounces. I got that full. I got the handhelds in the front. I got all the water. When I just yep. like, when I just leave my house, I'm like, no, I'm just going to do seven miles. I don't need any water. You know, I feel I wouldn't make it very far in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> I take my pack, even if I'm going for a three mile, quick little short run around the neighborhood, I take my pack with water. I have for years now because my first run. So before I moved to Phoenix, I moved to Tucson. And my very first run, I decided I want to go run in the desert. I'm in the desert and I want to go run. So I just found a little trail to go run on and got lost because I'm directionally challenged. And my little run turned into, I have no idea where I am. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Finally found a house and was asking to drink from their water hose because I was so thirsty. I had just ran out of water. It was, it was a nightmare. I survived, obviously. And from then on out, I always made sure I knew where I was going. And if I was going somewhere I wasn't sure of, I always told someone and I always take way too much water. So I learned my lesson. Safety first. I don't even like wearing a pack. I don't, ugh, I just don't like anything on me. Shorts, shoes, and maybe a handheld if I have to. I'm also a pack mule though. So I carry water, food, keys, phone, sometimes a tripod. Uh <laughs> We'll get better so we can run together and then you can just carry everything for us. <laughs> I've been known to, I, I have been definitely been known to give my extra water to people who don't carry enough. So, <laughs> Oh man, I would, I would hold that. I would hold that over somebody for quite a while. You make yeah, fun right? of me. You call me a pack mule. You make fun of me. And now, now you want some. Now you want some of my water. <laughs> the main thing people make fun of me is because I always try to get a bunch of photos when we go for a run. No matter who I'm running with, I'm always taking all these photos. And every single time I'm like, ah, oh, you always want to take photos. Ah, oh, just let's go. Let's run. And then by the end, they're like, can you, uh, can you share some of those with me? Can I post some of those? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you make fun. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard, man. When you, you know, you, you fall into these roles. I don't like taking pictures on my runs either. And, um, I just started a new podcast. Um, and 
the uh, the girl that I'm doing it with, Ellie Pell, um, she is social media savvy to a hilt. And so I'm like, okay, you do all the social media stuff. I'm, I'm all about that. Um, and she's just like, hey, I need a couple of pictures of you running. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> she's like, so I send her a couple of pictures. She goes, these are selfies. I go, well, yeah. She goes, just use, put it down, use the timer, and then it's easy. Just do it. And I'm like, I can't. I, ugh, it pains me. <laughs> like, I don't know why. But That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, we call um we call it hamstrings and heartstrings. And uh I'm I'm definitely the hamstring in the group. <laughs> I think. No, she's the hamstring. I'm the heartstring. That's a great name. I'm gonna add that to my uh podcast right now. Thanks. Oh, for sure. That's uh that's I used to do a radio show, um, running inside out radio, and it was so much fun and it was just two people catching up and talking about their running. Um, and it was, you know, sort of, you get to know over time, right? It's just a weekly two people, two buds catching up. Um, I love the format of interviewing a guest and really getting deep into their story, but there's that other format of just, you're tuning in to listen to your friends and what they did this week, you know? So we yeah. just, we just restarted, um, the similar format and I'm in uh, episode 10 for that. So we're about to put out episode 10, but Ellie's a fasty pants. Uh, she qualified for the Olympic trials this year. So she's got a, uh, I don't even know what it is, a two, two, um, 241 PR. Um, Jeez. So, yeah, she's fast. Um, and she wins ultras outright, too. You know, that's another thing that she goes around doing. Um, you might have heard, uh, you might have briefly saw a story from her. She won Green Lakes Ultra, um, and she finished first place, but they only had a first um, overall male. Yes. So I remember that. Yeah. So they had overall male, overall female. So she got both of them, you know? So yeah, that's Ellie. So I do a podcast with her. She lives down in Ithaca. Um, she runs for red newt racing and yeah, she's fasty. Man, yeah. that's savage. Just grabbing up both awards. <laughs> well, Hey, you know, like, <laughs> well, I'm sure we could, uh, chat not just about our podcasting, but about running literally for hours. But, uh, you know, our listeners probably only want to listen to zoom for so long. It's a so, task manager. This guy, he's media. Right? I like him. Gotta, gotta wrap up. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Sorry, my beer's on. So. The wrap up symbol. Got to wrap it. Uh, anyway, uh, we definitely would love to ch have you on and chat some more, but, uh, for our listeners, thank you so much for, uh, listening and be sure to check out running inside out on Instagram and be sure to download and listen to their podcast as well. Running inside out to just get a, a new look into the, uh, over there on the other side of the world <laughs> in New York. Uh, it sounds like an awesome place. We definitely are going to want to have to come check it out and you for sure are going to have to come out to Arizona and run with us. Yeah. I'm going to need to get some recommendations and apparently, um, power up my, um, my running belt. So I got a nice light for midnight running. But uh, thanks for having me, guys. This was definitely fun. It was really good to get to meet both of you. Um, I love having podcast chat as well as running chat. So you are right, Jeremy. We could have done this forever. Right. Um, maybe Chris and I will hang out after this and still keep talking about, you know, the healthcare industry. Or, uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> Smell another podcast coming. <laughs> yeah, healthcare runners. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, thank you so much again. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of we run the desert. Be sure to check out uh, running inside out and be sure to follow us as well. We run the desert podcast on Instagram too. Thanks Chris. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot guys. Bye. So that was an interesting one, huh? Those guys are definitely cool. Fun to chat with. Um, I know you don't often tune into this uh, podcast, tune in. You don't even tune into this podcast. You uh, download it uh, to listen to me be interviewed. But um, I thought it was fun. It was a neat little opportunity to sort of share a little bit uh, back and forth. And, and you got to hear a little bit about how the podcast was made and some of how the sausage was made. So hopefully you like that uh, in these days of uh, – social distancing and weird social media-ing. Um, 
just trying to do things a little bit uh, differently and fun. Uh, so definitely thank you, Jamie, for suggesting that um, and for bringing our two little groups together. Um, that's two episodes in a row where there were two Chris's on the podcast. What do you think about that? Um, all right. Well, you know, I want to say thank you to all of you for listening again, um, continuing to stick with me as you heard in the podcast. Uh, we are coming up on five years. Can't even, can't even, uh, yeah, five years. Woo. Uh, um, so that's kind of neat. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what we got. I don't know what else to tell you. I didn't really plan an outro too much for this one. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for being kind to each other um, and uh, being nice and patient with our um, population. Be Just be nice. I mean, what the hell's the big deal, right? Like, I don't care. Be nice. No, no reason not to be. Um, help somebody out. Uh, do something like that. Uh, and then that's it. I'm going to come back at you with another episode soon. Um, I think I got something planned. It'll be fun. I think, I think I do. Yeah, probably I do. And so until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.